Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every once in a while, we hear about an individual who simply refuses to give in. A person simply will not allow her circumstances to bring her down or get her down or dictate her life in any way. My guest today is one of those people. Her name is Jessica Cox, and her story is going to move you, folks. Jessica Cox was born with no arms, and that fact, by the way, has not slowed her down in any way, shape, or form. Hi, folks. It's Jerry Schimmel, another edition of Amazing Americans. Allow me to give you the list for Jessica Cox. Check this out. She is, and again, born with no arms, the first licensed pilot in history with no arms. She is a black belt in Taekwondo. She's an accomplished pianist, again, with no arms. She can type up to 25 words a minute, about twice as much as I can with my two fingers. She can put in and take out her contacts with her toes. She can text on her phone like a champion. It's a long list, folks. I'm just uh, scratching the surface. An amazing American today is Jessica Cox. Jessica, thank you so very much for taking the time and joining us. So happy to be on the show. <laughs> I think people want to know first, because when I, I've told uh, people, Jessica, the story, uh, your background, and I'm going to have you on as a guest, and I said she's a licensed pilot with no arms. They said, how is that possible? I have seen the video, so I know how you do it, but explain to the folks, if you wouldn't mind, how you possibly fly a plane with no arms. Well, first of all, I was born without both of my arms, so my feet... Uh, are as natural as they are to anyone using their hands. I mean, my toes, my they move like fingers, my feet move like hands. And when I'm even talking right now and telling you this, I'm gesticulating with my feet. It's that natural. So that's exactly how I control the airplane, is I have my feet on the controls moving in a way that a pilot would control an airplane with their hands. Mm. And I do this with a right foot on the yoke, left foot on the throttle, uh, after many, many hours of instruction time. And uh, what wonderful instructors who taught me how to manipulate the controls to safely fly an airplane, I learned how to do it like anyone would learn to do it using their hands. The plane that you, you fly is an Urco 415C. It's an, an, ECO, an Urcoop, they call it. it. It's a special design, not specially designed for you, but it's a specially designed plane to where you can use two extremities to fly it. Is that accurate? Yes, that's correct. This airplane was designed in the 40s, so it's a 1945 airplane called an Aircoop. And the reason it's unique is that it is one, if not the only airplane that does not have rudder pedals. So you fly the plane, um, most pilots who uh, would be flying in the airplane would use both hands, a right hand and a left hand, and fly the plane just fine with just two limbs, unlike the, the typical airplane, which requires all four limbs actively doing something with the controls. So for me, I just use my both of my feet, which because this airplane is designed without the rudder pedals, it allows me to fly the plane safely with uh, only two limbs on the controls. Mm. Folks, if you want to be completely blown away, just get on YouTube and look up Jessica Cox, and there's plenty of video of her flying her airplane. It is, 
It's, it's amazing from an amazing American. I mean, it's just, uh, I heard, I, I've heard your story before, Jessica, and I thought, you know, I got I to see the video of her flying a plane. That's amazing. And when I did, I, was, I, I, I knew it was coming. I knew you did it. It still blew me away. Um, I want to I wanna go back, if you wouldn't mind, Jessica, to your childhood and ask you this. If there was a moment that you remember, if, is there a memory for you of, wow, I don't have, I'm different from all the other people, especially from the other kids. Was there ever that moment that you, that you had that you can remember? I do not remember the moment. It must have been very early on to the point that I do not even recall when it was because hmm. I lived in a, this little bubble of my family who thought of me as just one of my parents thinking of me as, as one of their daughters as my brother and my sister thinking of me as a sibling, it wasn't a different world for me. And it wasn't until I started to go out into the public, I'd go to the grocery store with my mom and sit in the little, you know, child seat. And then people in the outside world started to react to me saying, you know, asking questions like, why do you not have arms? And that is probably when I was first aware of it, is Mm. that when the outside world reminded me that I was different. Mm. We had on recently a guy named Anthony Robles. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but born without a leg, Jessica, and he won an NCAA wrestling championship somehow. He's, he's amazing as well. And he said his parents never treated him differently. They always looked at him as the same as the other kids. Is, is that, was that similar to, to your family? Yes, I was so blessed to have wonderful parents in my life who didn't treat me any differently. Uh, they definitely affirmed me and helped me to develop this confidence that I could do anything. Uh, my mom would tell me, you can do anything. You know, with God, you can do anything. And my dad would just be a wonderful example to me that I'm not a victim. He never once shed a tear about my birth condition, so he never saw me as a victim of a disability. So I didn't have that choice growing up to see that victim mentality that so often it's easy to fall into for anyone. Mm. Uh, I read online that uh, you have not used prosthetic arms since the age of 14. Is that accurate? And if that is the case, why is that? Well, I knew from the start that my feet uh, were easier and obviously better than using something that's not flesh and bone. Yeah. So there's there's nothing that can replace flesh and bone. Right. And using those prosthetics for 11 years was actually more foreign to me than it was to use my feet. Mm-hmm. It was more difficult. It took more time. It took more processing of my brain to think, what do I want to do with them? So in the, it took about twice as much twice to three times as much time than just doing it with my feet. But I did wear them because my parents wanted me have the for me to have the option of prosthetics. Mm. So that I could go through life not always wondering about, well, what it would have been like if I had prosthetic limbs. Mm. Um, I chose not to use them. I decided on the first day of eighth grade at the age of 14 that I would move forward in my life being the person God created me to be. And just accepting the quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, no one can make you feel inferior without your permission. Mm. Uh, yeah, I as love long that one. as I was confident about it, mm. I could get through life. Mm and move and do things with my feet that other people did with their hands. Jessica, I, I don't want to break up any bad memories, but was there ever a time on the playground or at school where you were teased because Anthony said that? He said, yeah, I went to play with the boys, and they said I couldn't play with them because I didn't have a second leg. Ever those kind of experiences for you as a child? Yes, there were many experiences mm. where kids were not always as welcoming of my difference. 
And I mean, I, I mean, I did things like Red Rover, and instead of holding hands with someone, kids would hold my sleeves. But then there were occasions where um, maybe during baseball or, or something during physical education, they didn't pick me to be on their team because obviously if I was on the team, someone would have to bat for me and I would do the running. Hmm. Um, but there were also times when kids would just pick on me for my difference. Uh, I have a memory of uh, a bully in, in elementary school who put his arms in his shirt and he'd walk around mimicking me saying, you know, look at me, I'm just like Jessica and I'm handicapped. Hmm. And if you knew me, you knew that I didn't like the word handicapped because it had this negative connotation that I wasn't able to do something. Hmm. So that made me pretty angry. And I learned how to ignore those people on the playground who picked on me. And at the same time, I had wonderful friends there beside me to say, you know, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So I was fortunate to have great friends behind me. And and now I'm able to teach students all over the country and all over the world that if you ever do see someone who is being bullied on the playground, it's important not necessarily to confront the bully, but to be a friend to the person who's being picked on, because that makes a huge difference if they have someone there to support them. And that's important to be able to have that kind of support around you when when you have moments of people come up to you and try to pick on you or single you out. Jessica, did those moments, those incidents, um, were they something you just ignored or were they motivation for you? They were definitely motivation Mm. for me. I mean, I have had the blessing of speaking now in 23 countries around the world to share this message, that if someone gives you that type of negative energy or challenges you and says you can't do it, you have just as much ability to turn that negative uh, negativity into a positive fuel to helping you get to achieve the impossible, to help you achieve what you set out for yourself. And for me, it was extra energy the moment someone told me, you can't do it, you don't have arms. Mm. Are you, you're crazy. You, you, what are you trying to do here? You're trying to fly a plane. And, you know, while people didn't always uh, verbally tell me that, they thought that. And I knew that that would be something that I could use to fuel my, uh, during those times that I needed the extra perseverance or the extra persistence to get through and accomplish the challenge. Mm. Talking to Jessica Cox, she is the world's first licensed pilot with no arms. She has done amazing things outside of just being a, becoming a pilot. We're going to talk about some of those when we come back. We'll do that in a moment. We'll be right back on KOA News Radio. Welcome back, folks. Jerry Schimmel with Amazing Americans on this Sunday morning talking to Jessica Cox, and she has an amazing story. She's an amazing American in that, among other things, she's become the world's first armless licensed pilot. And uh, there is video on YouTube. You can look it up, find it very easily. A search for Jessica Cox will show her flying her plane with no arms. She uses her feet, obviously, to do that. And Jessica, I got, I got to say, uh, one of the things that really blew me away when I saw the video of you, um, I, it was on some news program, I forget what it was, but when you landed the plane, you just like it was nothing, no big deal at all, you just lifted your foot up and opened the window, like like you had an arm. That that, that just blew me away, like, that, that just seemed no, so natural to you, to, to me, uh, when I watched the video, that you, so unnatural to me, but it's very natural to you, isn't it? Yes, I, I love it when my friend, uh, she told me that uh, the impossible only takes a little longer. <laughs> and I, I believe that because impossible is a label that we put on something that seems difficult. 
But if we can look at it with possible thinking, which is what I teach when I speak around the world, if we see that possibility and the small steps that we have to take, if we can break it down into small steps, it makes what others may think as as impossible very possible. For me, flying an airplane, the big idea of it was very intimidating during my first day of flight training. I wondered, how am I going to do this? But I knew that I was going to figure it out by breaking it down into baby steps Mm. and finding a way by not giving up, by being fearless about things that I needed to do to become a safe pilot because it was my greatest fear to fly in an airplane. But I wanted to conquer that fear to teach others that you shouldn't let fear stand in the way of any opportunity because we can grow stronger if we do something despite being afraid of it. How about that, folks? She had a fear of flying, and now she's a licensed pilot. So she obviously attacked the fear head on. When you first got in that plane to take your first instructional flight, what was that like? Well, going back to that first instructional flight, it was it was a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. It was almost like information overload. For one, I, I didn't grow up in an aviation family. None of my family members were pilots, so I didn't have the opportunity to experience what it was like to be in a small airplane. So for me, it was as foreign as it is for anyone else who sat in a small airplane for the very first time. You don't know what's happening. You don't know how to work on the controls. But if you just break it up, which is what I did, I broke it up into these little challenges and I had to learn everything I could to understand aerodynamics and how a plane flies and, and how I was going to adapt to flying this plane in a safe manner that would convince the Federal Aviation Administration to certify me as a sport pilot. And as uh, through time, through many hours, through many uh, instructors that I felt blessed to have, through three airplanes. Mm. It took a while, and it was a journey to finally get to the day when my instructor felt competent, that I was competent enough that he could sign me off to take over that airplane by myself without anyone else in the airplane. It's called your solo flight, Mm. and it is the most incredible part of the journey to becoming a pilot is the moment you take over the controls without anyone else in the airplane with you. Do you remember that day? Uh, like it was yesterday. <laughs> I'll bet. Uh, what was the feeling like when you landed that plane by yourself first time? The very first time I was in the plane, no one else was in there. I was flying that with whatever I had, knowledge, experience, and, and, and whatever. whatever it took, it took everything out of me, the emotional mm. um, energy to overcome a fear that I always had. It was it was utterly exhausting but when i got to that point of landing the plane and opening up the windows and climbing out of that airplane it was as if i was pilot in command of my own life and it was the most incredible thing i had this huge smile on my face and i couldn't stop smiling for the rest of the day because i had accomplished this solo flight Mm -hmm. it was incredible Folks, uh, Jessica Cox is my my guest. She's the first uh, world, world's first armless licensed pilot, uh, among other things. She has done some other things that are pretty amazing as well. We'll get to in a moment. But I want to ask you about um, your obvious sense of humor. Because <laughs> the video I watched, you were flying the plane solo and you had a T-shirt on that said, Look, Mom, no hands. That, that, that got me. That, that got me, Jessica. T- tell us about that. Well, that's my favorite flying shirt. Is it really? Because, wow. Yeah, it, it is because it was the shirt I wore on my solo flight. Uh. And I love whenever I wear it, it always brings me back to that experience. Mm. But it also really, um, it, it conveys this confidence that um, 
that I am who I am, and I did it with mm-hmm. what I was given, what I what I was blessed with. And it, it's also a great sense of humor because I know it was a 70s saying, but it's every everyone knows it, and, and it kind of just lets them know that, you know, hey, you can take anything in life and, and bring out the humor in it, and it makes it, it, it makes it easier, it makes it easier for people to connect with, hmm. and uh, really it puts it into perspective. Awesome stuff. Uh, as well, uh, Jessica Cox is the first armless black belt in American Taekwondo. She is a black belt, folks. How'd that come about, Jessica? How, how'd the interest in, in Taekwondo start for you? Well, Taekwondo started at the age of 10. Hmm. I walked into a Taekwondo school with my brother and my sister, and my mom thought, what a wonderful way to help me not only build confidence, but to have uh, the ability to defend myself if I had to. Mm. She was like any protective mother who was just looking out for her children, and she brought us in, and I said, okay, well, what am I going to do to, first of all, the art of uh, Taekwondo requires both hand movements and kicks. Uh, Taekwondo, actually, uh, if you translate it, it's hand-foot art. And so if you, if, if I were to participate fully, I needed to do something uh, instead of just standing there. Uh, my instructor said, you can start Taekwondo as long as you have a good attitude, which wasn't a problem for me. And he, along with some other instructors and some students, helped uh, develop a whole curriculum from white belt to black belt that substituted all of the hand movements with kicks. And, and leg movements, so that for every punch that is ever done in a form, I will actually do a knee strike. For every knife hand strike, I will do a side kick. Mm-hmm. So it's substituting all the hand movements with a, an equal movement that can be done with your foot and leg. And that's what we did so that I could test for my black belt at the age of 14 for the very first time. And I'm still practicing today uh, as a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. I'll be testing for my fourth degree this year uh, with these substitutions that allow me to fully participate in it, in, in the art. And not only that, but now I've encouraged other children who are born without arms to join Taekwondo. And there is a curriculum now in place that was inspired by my instruction that will allow them to fully participate in Taekwondo and earn their black belt if they mm. choose to. Absolutely amazing. Great stuff. You can pump your own gas, I heard. You can put contacts in, take them out with your toes. And the other one, um, scuba diving. There's an interest in scuba diving, too. You have no problem with that, do you? Scuba diving is like flying underwater. Is it? It's, it's, it was, there was a couple challenges on figuring out how to control you know, the tank, uh, or the, B- the whole BC unit, which is what you wear to go underwater. And we figured it out. Um, I was able to clear my mask with my foot to be able to descend in the water by um, using my, uh, plugging my nose with my toes so I could equalize with my ears hmm. and do everything with my feet to be able to be a certified scuba diver. It was a wonderful experience. <laughs> she flies, and she flies un- underwater as well. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. How about, uh, how long did it take you to master putting in and taking out contacts? I was like any other uh, teenager. I was very self-conscious about glasses, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to put in contacts because I heard about them and how my friends were getting contact lenses. So I showed up at the optometrist and, and asked, you know, can I get 
a prescription for contact lenses. And what uh, his assistant said to me as I was doing this trial and error of putting in my contact lenses, she said, you know, we have a whole supply of contact lenses here. If it takes you 100 contact lenses to put in your first set on your own, we have them here for you. Hmm. Sure enough, that first set of contact lenses I was able to put in with my big toe and uh, work on how to get them take them out of my eye, but I was able to do it, and they were very shocked that I could do that on the first try, but again, I had my uh, de- the dexterity of my toes and feet from, from childhood, and um, it was just a matter of getting over that fear of touching your eye with, for me, my toes, which I had to clean very well, touch my eye, and once I was over that fear of touching my eye with my toes, then it was, it was easy from there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the answer to my question is 10 seconds. (laughs) Jessica Cox is my guest on Amazing Americans. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more from this amazing person after this on KOA News Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Jerry Schemmel with Amazing Americans on this Sunday morning, talking to one of them, an amazing American, Jessica Cox. Among other things, she is the world's first armless licensed pilot. She is, well, the first armless black belt in American Taekwondo Association history. She can play the piano. She can take her contacts in and out. And she does all this, folks, with no arms. An amazing story from an amazing person. And uh, Jessica, you wrote a book. Uh, It came out in 2015. I have not read it, but I have seen and seen some excerpts from it, the book called Disarm Your Limits. Talk about the, the process of writing that book and what went into the decision to, to put that book, to put your story in print. Well, I know very well as a speaker that it's not always about my journey, but it's about what you can help others accomplish in their life. And that's the most important thing. So when I decided to write this book, Disarm Your Limits, the subtitle is The Flight Formula to Lift You to Success and Propel You to the Next Horizon. And when I wanted to write it, I knew that it was going to be more than a biography. It was going to be something that was um, a self, kind of a combination between a self-help book and a biography so that I could help others to challenge themselves in their life. And so I thought through all the principles in my life that have helped me get through the most difficult days or the most difficult challenges. And I collected those principles that I put these in the chapters so that others, as they read the book, they're able to apply it to their own life to think about what is it that they want to do? What kind of perseverance do they have in their life? And if they don't have it, how they can have perseverance, how they can um, have the desire and the drive to get something done if they have to. And that's what inspired me is just the self-help approach of helping other people as I do when I'm speaking on stage is important of not just telling a story about sharing my, it's not just about my life, but it, more importantly, is how does it apply to other people mm-hmm. and how it applies to their life. Did you learn anything about yourself or were surprised by anything in the process of writing that book? Well, sometimes in life, you kind of get so carried away in your own life, you don't stop to reflect about all the wonderful things that you've been blessed with, uh, the family people in your life who've come across your path and helped you through a rough rough patch. 
And I guess for me, it was a wonderful uh, point of reflection so that I could just stop going, 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 which is how I do things. I'm just a goer. I love to go out and do the next challenge and, and continue to push myself. But it's also important to just sit and, and reflect and to think over your life about how many wonderful things have happened. And that's what that book gave me the opportunity to do, is to really think about those people in my life who helped me along the way, who I was fortunate to be blessed with, and um, and, and to just think about how grateful I am for them and what lessons they taught me in life that helped me get through a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And that was wonderful with that journey of writing my own book. We had on this show, Jessica, a, a guy named Jim Abbott, who was born without a right hand. He became a, a professional baseball player and, and pitched the majors for, for 10 years. And uh, he said something uh, very interesting. He, he said that um, he, when he went back and wrote his book, realized there were other people besides his parents that were great inspirations to him. And he goes back and talks about his high school football. He actually played football. He was a quarterback with one hand. You can appreciate that. And he said, in writing my book, I realized there were some other people who, besides my family, were really instrumental in what I accomplished. Did you find that, or are those people in your life besides your family? Yes, there have been and continue to be people in my life who are there when I need them. Um, I'm only human, so definitely I still have moments where I need to call up a friend or call up Mm -hmm. someone who inspires me as a mentor, as a coach. And I can think of one person who has a special place in that book, and that's a mentor of mine who was a woman who lost her arms at the age of three, and she lost her arms but uh, decided to move forward with learning to use her feet like me. She learned how to use her feet, but she was also a mom, and for a time there, a single mom to two young boys, mm. and to hear her story really inspired me that, heck, if I want to become a mom, I'm not going to have any problems with learning how to change diapers and take care of a baby, and she inspired me just by being the mom that she was, and we're still friends. She she lives in Arizona, and she continues to inspire me. Inspire me. And if I have any questions, I'll send her off a text mm. message by texting with my toes, and she'll text back with her toes, and she gives me an answer. and And now I I am committed to being a mentor to other young women who also need that kind of mentorship relationship. Do you have, do you spell check when you text with your toes? No, I'm just joking. It, I'm, I'm sure we all do, but no, I, I can't even text with, with fingers. Um, I, I want to ask you, too, uh, along the way to, to writing the book, were, were there moments in your life where you thought, you know what, I, 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 just, I just want arms. I, I, I'm so tired of this. That, that, Any time in your life, that ever happened to you, Jessica? You're like, why, why, why me? Why can't I just have arms and be normal? Did you ever have that moment? I, as I mentioned, I'm only human, and there were definitely those moments where I asked the question, "Why me?" As a child, mm-hmm. and it wasn't so much "Why me?" Why do you know? Why don't I have arms? But it was more of the question, "Why am I so different? Yeah. Why do I have to be different? Why does it require that because of my difference, people are going to stare at me? People are going to be curious." And uh, I felt a little isolated from that. Mm. That difference that set me apart. And it wasn't that I wanted the arms, the physical arms, but I wanted the sense of belonging, uh, the sense of I'm just like everyone else. And especially during your uh, middle school years, it makes it so difficult to stand out. Um, it gives, you know, it, it, it's grounds for being picked on. It's grounds for feeling more isolated. And so that was what went through my head many times. Um, when I had a rough day where I felt like I don't want to take the stairs anymore. Mm. I, I just want to blend in like everyone else. 
And that was uh, the human part of my life. And I later realized as an adult, as I came throughout, uh, through, you know, past, uh, fortunately graduated from adolescence, I realized that this is really a gift. And the fact that I can stand out mm. is maybe the greatest gift that I have. And so I was able to embrace it, embrace the very thing I hated as a teenager to be able to use it to now um, allow me to speak in front of hundreds and thousands of people and inspire them in ways that if I had the most powerful two arms and hands, I wouldn't be able to do. Hmm. I asked Anthony Robles, the, the wrestler I was telling you about, born with one leg, who amazingly won an NCAA wrestling championship. I said, if you could magically grow that right leg, because he was born like you, he was born without it. I said, if you could magically grow that and be fully functional, what would you what would you do with that? And he said, I would turn that opportunity down because I've been blessed to have one leg. I think you're kind of telling me the same thing, aren't you, Jessica? Yes, I have to agree with him on that. Wow. For mm. one, if I woke up tomorrow with two arms, I wouldn't know what to do with them. <laughs> um, and my whole life has been been so blessed in, in, in so many ways because of the fact that they were never there to begin with. Mm. I'm not missing something that I never had, and and I'm feeling that it is a true gift that I didn't have them to begin with. Mm. Your book, Disarm Your Limits, is available, uh, I'm sure, on Amazon, correct? It is, a, okay. as well as a documentary called Right-Footed mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime right now, and you can mm-hmm. watch it for free on Amazon Prime. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, tell us about the film. Right Footed is a documentary about my life. It, it follows me from the start of flight training to finally becoming a certified pilot. Mm. It, it, care, it, it shares the story of um, meeting my husband, Patrick Chamberlain, who um, we've now been married for over six years. And it, talks, it, it has our wedding day. It has these three special girls. I should say four girls in my life who I've mentored who were also born without their arms and who I hope that they can be the best that they can be. And it shares their little, their stories and how I've mentored them throughout their childhood. And it it also covers some of the work that I do abroad as a disability advocate. It shows some of the uh, work that I did right after the greatest, um, I've, in the Philippines, when the, the super typhoon, the, the, the biggest typhoon to ever uh, hit, the, hit a country, right after the aftermath, I was there to speak and motivate, inspire people, and bring hope to other people. And it shows that story. It shows the story of going to Ethiopia, where I was there to encourage uh, children with disabilities and, uh, and encourage the, uh, the, the communities and encouraging their children with disabilities to go to school and giving them that opportunity. So it's a wonderful documentary. It's over 80 minutes long, and it really touches on Mm. many aspects of my life and some of the work that I've been doing. We, as listeners and a host, need to check that out. The the book is Disarm Your Limits. The film is right-footed. We're talking with Jessica Cox. We'll come back on Amazing Americans after this on KOA News Radio. Welcome back, folks. This is Amazing Americans. Jerry Schimmel with you with my guest this morning, Jessica Cox. She is an amazing American for sure. More than no arms. She's the world's first armless licensed pilot. She's the first armless black belt in American Taekwondo history. You don't want to mess with her. She knows how to defend herself. Uh, She, uh, among other things, can play the piano, put her contacts in, and take them out, and pump her own. There's really nothing she 
can't do the the people with arms can do. I mean, someone told me, Jessica, recently, it was actually Jim Abbott, who I mentioned earlier, said uh, to me on this program, he said, I can do 99.9% of what everybody else can do in the world who doesn't have uh, missing an arm. It just takes him a little bit longer to figure it out. <laughs> Is that accurate in your life as well? That's very true. That's spot on. Because for me, I... I mean, getting dressed in the morning, it takes me a little longer than the average person, but I get dressed mm-hmm. on my own without my arms. And if it comes to doing something that requires a lot of movement or, or using, you know, a lot of a, a limb power, I would say, then, then for me, it takes just a little bit longer, but it gets done and, and I don't give up. Mm-hmm. You have a foundation, Right Footed Foundation International. You work with kids with disabilities, and I've seen some of the video online as well of you just sort of sitting around and chatting with uh, other, in the video I saw, Jessica, was with other little girls that looked like that had no arms similar to yours or almost the same as yours. And I would guess that that work you do with those type of people, especially kids, has to be incredibly rewarding for you. I wake up every morning and... I always have a smile on my face knowing that I can uh, do something for this foundation that helps children who have disabilities, that helps other adults who have disabilities. And I have a really special place for children because I just love them and, and how impressionable they are about having uh, role models who come into their life to tell them that they can do anything and that they can be confident about their difference. It is a very, it's a wonderful blessing. I've had this foundation now for just over two years. And uh, it's, it's been able to reach and mentor many children, uh, specifically young girls who were born without their arms or, lo- or lost their arms, and to be able to encourage them through their daily challenges with whatever questions they have, to encourage them about what they can do and achieve in their life. And it's, it's, been, a, it's been a blessing. Mm. You live in Tucson, Arizona, so I would imagine to do some of this, to have contact with these kids you're talking about, you've got to travel a little bit, right, to, to get to where they live? I travel constantly. Do you? For me, I'm, I'm based in Tucson, but uh, there is no, there's no place that I will not go mm-hmm. if it means uh, reaching a child or someone with a disability and who really needs that mentorship. So for me, uh, distance is not a, a challenge at all. Mm-hmm. Two years, you've had the foundation working with these kids. Jessica, is there a particular little girl, let's say, that has really touched your heart that, that you can share? No need to name names or where she might live, but is there a particular person that you you look back in these two years, you've been working with these kids through your foundation, where you go, wow, I, I think I've really made a difference. That this, this is something special. There is one little girl. Is Actually, the story is in my documentary, and um, she was so afraid of jumping into a swimming pool. Mm. Um, and, it, and, I mean, it could have been she was just afraid of the water, like a lot of young kids are afraid to go into the water or submerge their head underwater. And I was able to work with her, and because I was who I, who I am, a, a woman without arms who is just like her, because we had that special bond, she was able to overcome her fear of water, and she's been swimming ever since. 
Mm. that first time that we went into a pool and she was really encouraged by the fact that I was also swimming and I wasn't afraid to swim without arms and she could do the same thing. Mm. So that's a very special story. It's in the documentary as well. I'm envisioning you walking into a room with a child like that, Jessica, and I would have to think that there's so much lifted off their shoulders just by seeing somebody that's like them and, and they can identify with that. Is that, is that accurate? Has that been your experience? I think that's very accurate. It reminds me of the first time I saw someone who mm. was just like me. Yeah. And it was almost like, oh, I get it now. Mm. That's that's how how I look. And, mm. and that's the way that people respond to me because it's a little different than everyone else. But here's this bond now with someone who knows exactly how I feel, who understands. Mm. And that's one of the most important things is to find someone who understands what it's like. Because that bond is, is just, you really can't get any greater of a bond than when you can understand someone and, and really have the empathy for what, what they're experiencing. What an incredible effort. Right-Footed Foundation International, if somebody wanted to donate, they want to donate to this incredible cause you have, how would they go about doing that, Jessica? You can go to the website jessicacox.com, and you can find out about the foundation on that website. Mm-hmm. And there's, there should be instructions on that. All right. Is there a donor button? That I need that because I, I can't figure out yeah. it otherwise. To, okay. All right. Good enough. I need a donor button. Otherwise, I can't figure it out how to donate. You have a motivational speaking business, and I know the information about that is on your website as well, jessicacox.com. But, Jessica, in a sort of nutshell, what is your message to people? Let's say a secular audience. You're away from people that uh, have any disabilities, but you're speaking at a a convention of, of sales associates. What's, what's your message to them? To achieve the impossible, you have to be able to believe in the fact that you can do it, mm. not give up, and have the courage to overcome your greatest fear. Mm. And that's something every single person has. You just have to dive deep enough to find it. Mm. But everyone has the potential. Sometimes it just gets a little buried. Yeah. Have you discovered in your talks, Jessica, in these motivational talks, that everybody has something they've always wanted to do, but they never pulled the trigger on? Did you find that with people? I do, yes. And, and it's, it's sometimes so hard to, you know, to re- hear about it because you know that everyone has the potential to do what, they, what their greatest desire is, but it's just a matter of not giving up. And it's about finding out, is this something you really want to do? Because that will drive you to pursuing whatever goal that is. So it's something we all have. It's just that we have to be reminded once in a while. And, and that's what I hope to do is just to stir people up a little and remind them that they have what it takes to achieve the impossible. See, I think if I was you, I'd get on stage and I, I'd just stand in there with no arms. I'd go, come on, I got no arms. So look what I'm doing. No, I, I wouldn't do that, but, I, I, you know, you want to get people off their couch. Come on, look at me. No, and the other thing I want to do, too, Jessica, is I want to find that, that kid who put his uh, arms in his shirt and uh, called you, and then I want, to, I want to sit down with him and make him watch your video. No, I'm not going to do that either. I, I promise. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that kind of stirs a little bit in me as well. Um, JessicaCox.com is the website. And um, I, I would imagine your, your motivational speaking is to all different kinds of groups. So if someone was interested in booking you for that, is that the best way to do that as well? Yes, 
please, to jessicacox.com. There is a button right on the homepage of how you can book me or how you can call if you have to or send an email and inquiry. Just go to the bottom of jessicacox.com and you'll find the link to booking me for a speaking engagement. And I've seen some of her speaking, her motivational speaking, folks. It's phenomenal. It is really, really moving. And if, if you're in a position where you're looking for a motivational speaker, I would highly encourage you to, to at least check out jessicacox.com. All right, got about a minute left here, Jessica. What's the next venture for you? Is there anything that's on your, your checklist you haven't got to yet? I'm always doing something. Uh, right now, as I mentioned earlier, I'm working on my fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. There are other things that I'm working on called, like one of them is a slack lining. It's essentially like tightrope walking on a slack line. So it's not um, uh, rigid like a, a tightrope. And um, who knows? I've been working on developing a harness to do some ridge climbing or, or, or rock climbing. And uh, we're working on a way to do essentially armless rock climbing. Well, of course you are. <laughs> It's a new thing. Yeah, you know, that's just incredible stuff, Jessica. Hey, uh, keep telling your story. Keep motivating people. Keep getting them off the couch. Just just continue to w- what you've been doing. And I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story today. Well, thank you so much, and was, it was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Jessica Cox, uh, just uh, what incredible American, amazing American. Again, the website is jessicacox.com. That'll do it for our edition this morning of Amazing Americans. If you'd like to check out our website, we've got our schedule of guests there. We have archived interviews as well, and Jessica's will be up uh, shortly uh, after this broadcast. Again, it is amazingamericans.org. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week right here on KOA News Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.